Naughty Monkeys. This is the 100th episode. Welcome to it. Oh my goodness, we've made it, guys. Oh, 100 episodes. Will someone please write me a song incorporating all the titles of the 100 episodes in, into just a piece of artwork? Just like, how do you work clown sex and whiskey dick into a song? I want to hear that. Anyone? Any fans? Songwriters? No? Yes? Yes? You? Yeah, do it. Yeah. It'll be awesome. I'll do a music video. It'll be amazing. Okay. So, a bunch of things are going on. I have to, number one, say thank you to adamandeve.com for supporting the show. Promo code SEXNERD. Type it in at checkout. You get 50% off almost anything in the store. You get free shipping, three free DVDs, and a super secret gift. Usually, I recommend something, but guess what? There is a huge sex tip coming up. I'm going to reference it then, so you just stay tuned a minute, all right? Okay, all right, okay. Thank you, promo code sexnerd at adamandeve.com. All right, 100 episodes. Holy moly. Dates. I will be at Comic-Con. What will I be doing there? Will I be podcasting? Hell no, it's my first time. I will be cherry popping new. I will be like, what is happening? There are so many people, and look how amazing that costume is. I will be hanging out with Thrilling Adventure Hour on the 19th and 20th. So you might see me at the panels. Uh, you might see me at Nerd HQ, and you might see me at a couple of the live shows. I'll be hanging out with Nerdist folks running around. I'll be having a good time. And if you see me there, you better high-five me, give me a hug. Let's just be like, oh my god, we're at Comic-Con! You know, like, let's have that moment, okay? All right? Okay? Next, September 19th and 20th, I'll be at Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit in D.C., just north of D.C. in Silver Springs. Anyone got a couch there? Anyone got a couch? Anyone? Um, Also, I'm looking at you, Boston, New York City, Philly, and D.C. I I want to record an episode in each one of those areas in the second half of September, since I'll be over there anyway. So stay tuned for dates. Boston, New York City, Philly, D.C. Keep it in mind, because it's going to be great. I want to see you and stuff. Uh, also, a shout out to Instagram. Got a photo of me with a bottle of Menage a Trois wine the other day. And a bunch of you were like, yeah, that is delicious wine. Yeah, it's cheap, it's delicious, and it's fun at parties because people go, oh my god, this is called Menage a Trois. And then everybody starts talking about threesomes and you're the best. You know? So everyone wins. Um, this is not an ad for them. I have no money coming at me for that. I just really appreciate that wine. Okay. Next up, I am embarrassed. I am so embarrassed. It has taken me my entire adult life to come to this moment to tell you this revelation of understanding. It's this I've known it for a long time, but I never fully understood. This is in the way we call our tips just the tip. This is the tip. Like this is the tip. And this is for the wielders of penises and strap-ons. If you are having sex with a woman, face-to-face, let's say missionary. Question, what is the most useful part of your penis and surrounding area for giving her pleasure? Anyone? Anyone? Looking at your faces. Looking at your faces. What do you think? It's the area right above where your penis is. So it's the pelvic mount. I asked one of my friends, like, what would you call that area? Just just a regular person. They go, oh yeah, where your pubes are. So you know that area where your pubes are? That is a crucial area of connection with your partner. And if you're not connecting and being conscious of how you're connecting with your partner when you press into her, you are missing out on some serious awesome pleasure. I mean, you could like 
circle your hips a little bit, get it from the side, like, like, yeah, you can drop your hips and, like, go for the G-spot. You can go for the cervix, if she's into that. You can gyroscope in and press on her walls with your shaft. You can do all sorts of things, wielding a dick. You really can't, but be conscientious of the area right above your shaft. Do you have a better word for that? What is the area? Like, what do we call it? What do we call it? The happy place? It's like a target. It's like a bullseye. You want, and you just want I'm not saying you don't already do it. I'm just saying if you don't, become aware. Be ninja aware. Okay, and so when it comes to the Adam and Eve site, I was looking and, okay, vibrating cock rings and other items that are designed to be a vibrator in between two bodies. There's one, I've never seen this before. It's called the Humdinger Super Quad Vibrating Ring. And it's a cock ring that you put around your shaft at the base. And it's got vibrators all around, plus an extra one up top for clit stimulation. So I was like, oh my god, there's so much happening. I can't even imagine what that would be like. So I thought that was pretty cool. It's like 1995. Humdinger Super Quad Vibrating Ring. Check it out. So now coming around to this week's episode, which is a live show we recorded just a little bit ago at Busby's East. It's a body storytelling show, specially curated for the 100th episode of this show. The format is different. There will be music. There will be lots of clapping. So much clapping. I can't even express to you how much clapping there was. I was absolutely floored by how many people came out. Like, it was packed. It was just sexy people. Everyone was giving me hugs and being wonderful. It was like a room, it was like a giant room hug. Everybody was great. So if you came out, thank you so much. I'm sorry, I wish we could fit every listener into that room. It was so good. So there will be a lot of physical comedy and there'll be a lot of laughing. You won't necessarily know what's going on because there's no visual. So I do apologize for that. But I still love the fact that through this podcast, you can feel like you were in the room. And I love that. Speaker order, be aware. We've got Ted, the atmospheric scientist, talking about sphincters. And then we've got Jaya Ma talking about submission. Ned Mayhem on budding sexual nerd romance. Reed Mahalko with a major party foul. Comedian Sarah Benincasa talking about the enchanted land. And then we've got me, Sandra Doherty, bringing up the rear with the hardest part about being the center of a gangbang. Mm. So thank you to you, every single little monkey for your iTunes comments, your Facebook love, your Twitter enthusiasm, your Instagram comments. Just, I love, I love the interaction. I love when I get to meet you in person. Let's just keep, keep rocking for another hundred. All right, go team fun. Now entering Nerdist.com. kids doing in here hey if you're under 18 go ask your mom now that we're alone let's start the show um are you guys ready for body storytelling tonight (laughs) ladies and gentlemen it is my great pleasure to introduce somebody who needs no dixie why the hell did you ask me to do this then Somebody who needs no introduction, ladies and gentlemen, the creator, the founder of some of the kinkiest Craigslist ads ever, and also body storytelling, Dixie De La Tour. Read Mahalko, y'all! 
he'll be up here on stage sharing, sharing stories with you a little bit later on tonight. So who here is at Body Storytelling for the very first time? the whole premise to you, but we like to start off the show with a musical act, and we have a band from here in L.A. that is amazing. I met one of them because he's a pervert, and he's been coming to the show for the last few months. Please give a huge round of applause for Windows to Sky. Hi. Hi. I'm Joseph, as those people know. I arranged two songs for tonight. We will play one now and another one later on. This is a song from 1959 by Tom Lehrer. You may know it. Yes, yes. From, uh, from uh, Dr. Demento. of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise wealth like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Let our love be a flame, not an ember. Say it's me that you want to dismember. In my eyes, set fire to my as we dance to the masochism tango. At your command, before you hear I stand, my heart is in my hand. Ew. It's here that I must be. My heart entreats. Just hear those savage beats and go put on your cleats and come and trample me. Your heart is hard as stone or mahogany. That's why I'm in such exquisite agony. My soul is on fire, it's a flame with desire. Which is why I perspire when we tango. You caught my nose in your left castanet love. I can feel the pain yet love every time I hear drums. With the thorns underneath love Sticking into your gums Your eyes cast a spell that bewitches The last time I needed twenty stitches To sew up the gash you made with your lash As we danced 
to the masochism tango Bashing my brain and make me scream with pain Then kick me once again and say we'll never part I know too well I'm underneath your spell So darling, if you smell something burning, it's my heart me. Take your cigarette from its holder And burn your initials in my shoulder Fracture my spine and swear that you're mine As we dance to the massa Kism Tango y'all are a little overwhelming. There's a lot of you. And I heard people didn't come out in L.A. So I'm kind of impressed and mostly terrified right this moment. You might have noticed. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about body storytelling. And I am going to launch into my spiel as the stories start. But first, I want to let you know that we've been going on in San Francisco for six and a half years. Thank you. We started as a pervert coffee clutch. We started as the people who went to sex parties who went, I always lose you in the puppy pile. What were you doing? I want to hear. And then we would have a time and we'd get together and they'd tell cra- we'd tell crazy stories to each other and eventually everybody went, I get to come listen to those stories, right? And it turned into this. Um, but we are here for a very special reason tonight, and that is to celebrate Sex Nerd Sandra's 100th podcast on Nerdist. And I would like to start off the show by asking her to come to the stage and thank you for coming to her party. Sex Nerd Sandra, y'all! everyone. Um, well, uh, first of all, this is my first time having to make any sort of speech like this, so it feels really weird. FYI, if you ever have to do this. Oh, okay. Um, 100 episodes, so many episodes, so many. Uh, um, I know many things have brought you here tonight, but just so you know, for the last year and a half, I've been busting my ass every week. And, and I just, oh my God, it's like you, you want to change the world and you, you just sit in your room like, I want to help people. And then like, um, first thank you is to Chris Hardwick of Nerdist Industries. Thank you. Um, he couldn't be here tonight. He's uh, doing comedy somewhere in a magical place, like Philadelphia or somewhere. Um, but truly, Chris Hardwick saw something in me, which was, and I could see it in his face when it happened, it was just the extreme nerdiness that is inside me. And he was like, come, be a nerd with us. And, and then I've gotten hundreds of letters and comments from people whose lives have changed, who've cried, who've grown, whose marriages have been saved who just had epiphanies and just laughed a lot in the office and all their coworkers think they're uh, crazy now. Um, all these wonderful people out there who listen, and we are at almost 5 million downloads. Um, so, yeah! Um, so thank you to 
Nerdist and Chris Hardwick. Um, thank you to the listeners who are listening to this right now at a future time. Uh, thank you, guys. Naughty monkeys. You naughty monkeys. Yes, you. You. Oh, wherever you are right now. Um, and uh, thank you to Dixie for putting this together. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Um, so, Los Angeles. I am... I am a L.A. native. I was born in downtown L.A. I grew up in Santa Monica. And I'll tell you right now, we love our comedy in this city. And we love our movies and stories in this city. We love our human stories, right? And sex is a part of that human story. Because sex is scary, but sex is funny. So... Thank you to each and every one of you for coming out tonight because you are the hottest people in Los Angeles right now in this room, okay? All right, I adore you all. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Let's have a good time. Thank you. So, as I said, been doing this for a very long time. I've heard a lot of perverted stories. And if you hear the word pervert, perverted, you're a pervert. I'm going to call y'all perverts. Pervert to me, pervert me, to me means you talk openly about sex. You like sex. I assume y'all like sex. Do you like sex? Then y'all are perverts. Every month we gather perverts together and we have a slogan, body got me laid. And it really will get you laid. That's not your number one priority. That doesn't have to happen. Although I can tell you when I have to go to the bathroom at the break, I'm like, could y'all wrap that up? Because I really need to get these spanks off right now. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you how the show works. And I'm going to give you a little bit about the theme. And then we're going to launch into stories. So body storytelling is told, not read off paper. Stories are true, told by the person who had the adventures. Stories relate to sex, kink, gender, anything in that realm. And stories are told for the all-curated show in 10 minutes or less. And to help us with 10 minutes or less, thank you to Lady Dragon for being our timekeeper. So, are you ready to hear some really dirty stories? In honor of Saunders' 100th podcast, our theme tonight was chosen by her. That theme is Sex Geek Secrets. We invited geeks from both San Francisco and here in L.A. to get on stage and share their private lives with you. And um, you're going to learn a lot of things. I can promise you that. I have asked them not to include any anal fisting, so hopefully we're not going to cover that. was dirtier than L.A., but that might not be true. I'm looking forward to this. Our first storyteller tonight is someone that we brought down from San Francisco because he is one of the biggest geeks I know. He is an atmospheric scientist who has a real job, so you can't know his last name. Unlike the rest of y'all who are out, I'm totally out. Everybody knows I'm a pervert, but he's got a job. 
He came all the way from San Francisco to kick off this show, and he's in the first spot, the toughest spot. So y'all are going to make a huge deal, aren't you? Please welcome to the stage, Ted! Um, yeah, the sex geek thing, a few years ago, I probably would have balked at that, but uh, I was at a party, actually, you're going to hear a story a little later from Ned, and I was at a party with his partner in crime, Maggie, where she proceeded to take off her top and pour liquid nitrogen on herself, which was not the way my cryogenic liquid safety handling class was taught. <laughs> but I found out at that time that she did porn and that she and Ned had done all this scientific instrumentation stuff and that he was, a physics, uh, was working on physics research. So, of course, the first, I, I'm home from a party. I fire up the computer. I had been at a party with a woman who does porn, and what's the second thing I look at is the porn. The first thing I do is go to the scientific research papers about all this stuff. <laughs> and that's when I realized, yeah. You're going to hear some st- a story later that will involve Reed, Mihalko, and a lot of alcohol. This story is not about that. This story is fundamentally about sphincters. There are 50 different kinds... One or two in particular, but we'll get back to the count later. But there are over 50 different kinds of sphincters in your body. The pupil of your eye is a sphincter. There's a sphincter into and out of your stomach. There are capillaries. There's your capillaries and your uh, sphincters in your capillaries. And this story isn't about any of those. (laughs) I got involved in a study of orgasmic response, which is scientific longhand for orgasm. Thank you for seeing through the subterfuge there. I got involved in this study with a friend of a friend. It was a, I didn't know Ram that well, but she was working on her PhD in sexology or something, and she needed to do a study of orgasm. Now, the idea of orgasm in human experience is fairly well documented throughout the ages, so if you want to get a PhD, you've got to kind of do something special. So she was doing a study of orgasm in post-op transsexuals. I see everyone squinting and leaning forward. You probably might figure out that I'm either, well, I'm not, a, let's just say, I'm not a post-op transsexual. Let's just get out that out there. And I guess that makes me a pre-op transsexual, but I don't really have plans for the op, so I'm not really sure that qualifies, which makes me a non-op transsexual, which doesn't sound, sounds like something you put up on blocks and register that way with the DMV. So let's just say, <laughs> let's just say I'm the control group, because that's what I was. <laughs> It's okay, I'm proud to be the control group. I I have the normal human biology. I might have slightly more sensitive nipples than average, but other than that, it's all all the same biology. Too much information? It's going to get worse. No. (laughs) Okay, so here's the question. I'll put it to the audience here. You've got... You think about this whole transsexual process. You've got innies going to outies, outies going to innies. You're messing, you're putting all these tissues through the surgical blender. How You don't have the same things in the same places that you do in originally biological men and women. How do you study orgasmic response? Anybody have any ideas? Very carefully is good. But the sphincter, did you know that or is that just your answer to everything? (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help myself. But yeah, it's the sphincter. It's, it's anally, and I'm thinking, well, I've got an anus. I can do this. <laughs> if, if this is the qualification, I can do this. So I, I agree to go down, and um, 
well, I agree to go into the study room. Let's leave the down. Uh, I, I agree to go and be a part of this study, control group and all. Somebody's got to do it, right? So I, I, now I, I, I go down there, and the, there's, how, do you, how do you do this? Well, here's where the anal probe comes in. You didn't see it coming? If you didn't see it coming, you weren't looking, because that's what, yeah. But since it's science, we'll call it the anal transducer, right? So I am a little nervous about meeting the transducer. The first, it, it's new to me. How am I going to do this? Well, I see, I meet the transducer, and I, I had been, re- I, I, as I look back on the experience, I'd been real worried about diameter, and that was thankfully slim. But boy, was that thing long. I knew where it was going, that was pretty obvious, but why? Why did it have to? And that's when I learned about the second sphincter. Okay, now this is actually real science here, so listen up, because it's a tax deduction or something. But there's, you, you have the initial anus, the initial, the outside anal sphincter, and then deeper in there's a second sphincter, which can trigger orgasms in people, hint, hint, but which is another part of the whole orgasmic response. So the idea here is I install, for lack of a better word, the anal transducer, and then we know, based on contractions, that I'm having orgasms. Sounds great. So the device is connected through a series of wires to this bank of equipment, which is all paper tape recorders and old EKG machines. It looks like a Frankenstein set back there, but this is the equipment that Ram has cobbled together. So I installed the anal transducer, and I've got this kind of wire coming out and heading across the room to this thing, which I don't know if it's going to electrocute me or what. And the first thing I think is, when I get home, I've got to apologize to the cat for laughing at him a few days after he ate that piece of string. It's only fair. I, I now see what... And anyways. So I get down to business. Now, I want to do this right, but I'm also a scientist, so I'm bringing some variables into it. I brought some things. And so I'd be like, all right, you know, I'm doing my thing, and I'm putting on the cock ring, and she'd reach out and put a little mark on the paper tape recorder, like it's some perverse lie detector test, right? <laughs> so she's putting a little mark on. I'm like, all right, you know, now with the nipple clamps, now with the jelly donut and the, and the thing. So I, I, I'm getting these little marks, and... I'm getting closer and closer, and I'm realizing, well, I don't know how much paper tape is left, so I, I better get going here. And I tell her, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to orgasm. And usually when you're with somebody and you mention this, there's some sense of shared purpose, some sense of common experience, right? Like, this is a group project. But no, all I get this time is just one little mark on the paper. That's that. All right. So we, I'm done, we shake hands, which is made somewhat less com- uncomfortable by the fact that I'm right-handed. And, I'm sorry, the fact that I'm left-handed, that was where that was going. See how that works? Less uncomfortable because I'm left-handed. That's what I was doing there. Thanks. Uh, and so I, I leave, and, and I, I, I go, go home, and I, I absent my, after I'm in the car, I realize I still have one of the EKG pads, which I stuck on the dashboard of my beater car and forgot about until the next time I had to give somebody a ride and explain that one. So I get home, and a few weeks later, I get a call from Rom saying, hey, i got to tell you something. I'm thinking, this is awkward. You know what? The transducer broke what? You know, I I don't know what this call is all about. So she says, no, I I went over your traces with another researcher. And I'm kind of like, wow, that seems awful personal, but okay, I should have have expected that. She says, yeah, you're multiply orgasmic. I'm thinking, oh, okay. Didn't really see that one coming, but all right. You know, how is that? And she showed me the traces. Now, you've got to understand, I grew up uh, with a mother who was very active in Planned Parenthood. I had all the biological information. 
and some other social cues, but really the biological information, let's focus on that. And she, you know, one of the things was the 1972 edition of Our Bodies Ourselves, which is a great book if you want to learn about, yeah, it's a great book. You learn things, as a nine-year-old, you learn things in that book, like there's clean up your room messy, and there's childbirth messy. And, yeah, you learn you can reliably identify lesbians because they're wearing suede jackets with wide belts. And you also learn that men are not multiply orgasmic and women are, and that's just the way it is. And this is as much dogma as anything else. Yeah, I know, it's not, truth, truth is different, but that's what I learned. So this, I, I kind of built that into my way of thinking. So when she said, you're multiply orgasmic, I kind of had to wrap my brain around this, like, okay, you know, as I begin to think about it, I can see how what you're saying is right. Those are different orgasms, but sure, it's still an orgasm. And so this was, I had to kind of reconcile this to the idea that, okay, this is blending things. It was made somewhat less difficult by the fact that we got a, my mom a pea funnel a few years ago for Christmas. So I felt like that kind of mixed up the whole standing upright thing. But um, that is my story. So I guess if there's a moral to it, it would be if you're ever offered a well-instrumented anal transduction, don't turn it down. You might find out you're multiply orgasmic. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> just seeing a guy who looks like that talking about his butthole. Give him a round of applause for sharing his secret. I like the way while um, he's being transduced, these people over here, the guys are all like, oh, oh, and and the rest of the geeks are just going, sphincters, yes, absolutely. Go on. (laughs) So I know the room's kind of full. Remember, you're perverts. So that means that, you know, if somebody cute wanders up, you can say, if you need a seat, you know, feel free to make the best use of space as you see fit. (laughs) Are you ready for your next storyteller? is an award-winning somatic sexologist. Right. You've probably seen her on The Doctors, heard her on Playboy Radio, seen her on TMZ, Tyra Banks show. She's been everywhere. She is currently working on her fourth book and here to share her life with you, and I want you to make her welcome. Please welcome to the stage, Jaya. I'm a horrible sub. (laughs) And I'm a sex geek. And my body never lies. This is a story about my body's truth. So I'm a somatic sexologist. And what that means is that I have to study everything from the standpoint of my body. Which means that if I'm writing a book about kink, well... I guess it's time to get kinky. (laughs) 
And being a sex geek and a somatic sexologist opens up, well, Pandora's box. It's gotten me into a lot of interesting situations, a lot of insights, and a lot of profound situations. Right now, I'm noticing that my body wants to be on the floor, so is it okay if I get on the floor? Ah, that's so much better. I like having my legs spread, too. (sighs) Okay, so, my body. Sex geekery, getting me into trouble. Well, I could tell you about my 101 days of self-pleasure, where I accidentally electrocuted my vulva. (sighs) I could tell you about my 90 days of oral sex with my wonderful partner, And how one night, I was going down on him, and I look up at him, and he's got a cell phone like this. (laughs) Are you taking pictures, honey? Um, Excuse me, I'm going down on you. And then he's like, "Um, what do you want for dinner tomorrow? (laughs) Uh, Food? Okay, then he starts drinking some water. I'm like, okay, this is the worst oral sex ever, and end up actually turning into the hottest oral sex ever. Um, Or the time when we couldn't find the batteries to that little wheel of tongues thing called a squeal. And uh, we searched for like 45 minutes, and anyway, he liked it better than I did. Um, So I could tell you about all those things, but instead, I'm going to go sex geek gone deep. And I'm going to get naked for you. And a little vulnerable. Hold on a second while I get this thing off. I wanted to introduce you to my shy, reluctant enigma. I'll explain what she is in a moment. So, I'm at a retreat in Hawaii with a brilliant woman, an actress, named Sheila Kelly. She does this work with erotic creatures. And I was speaking, but I was really interested in what my erotic creature might be. And after she saw me move, she said, you're the shy, reluctant enigma. I said, what? Are you fucking kidding me? The shy, reluctant fucking enigma? I'm the girl like this, with my pussy in everybody's face. And here's my ass. The shy, fucking, reluctant enigma? I have joy in this body. I have ecstasy in this body. What are you talking about? She said, that's what she needs. She needs to hide. She has terror in there. Terror. I called up my partner and I said, Sheila Kelly says I'm the shy, fucking, reluctant enigma. And he said, well, that's why I fell in love with you. I know, isn't he sweet? So let's get back to submission. Well, I had just dominated my partner for 40 days for research for my next book, which was totally hot. Don't you love being a sex geek? Isn't it awesome? Because you get to do that. So it's totally hot. He's totally hot. We're having the hottest sex ever. I mean, that like sex when you walk in the room and you just like smile at each other like you're teenagers because... The sex is so fucking hot and so naughty. And we have to switch, which means I have to be a sub. And I thought, okay, we'll have more hot, naughty sex. I thought, okay, I'll explore my shy, reluctant enigma. Maybe she 
wants to surrender. And I'll explore 40 days of submitting. And I'll write my book. My sex geek is an overachiever. I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> and we're, you know, he's dominating me the first day and I laughed in his face. <laughs> you call that dominant? <laughs> and I giggled a lot. And I thought to myself, he doesn't know what he's doing with that flogger. How am I supposed to surrender this? Oh, and now he's spanking me. What did I do to deserve that? Fuck master, whatever, what the fuck? He's flogging me, he's paddling me, and I'm like a dead fish. And anybody who's a dom in this room knows what having a partner who's a dead fish is like. Not very fun. So on day six, he calls me out and he says, you know what? You're not responding to me. I said, you're right. He said, it's your father stuff. And tears welled up in my eyes. And I knew he was right. And I had to breathe. Two days later, I fell apart completely, sobbing and sobbing, and I couldn't stop sobbing. And that night I said, I need a scene. I need the collar. I needed the collar to be my container to release. He put the collar on and I fell apart. Like my shy, reluctant enigma wanted to fall apart. She wanted to hide. She didn't want anyone to see how afraid she was. I was afraid. Afraid for my mother, afraid for my sister, afraid for my life. And it all came out that night. All those emotions, they fell out of me, flying like caged birds set free. And it was amazing and cathartic. And I realized, I understood what Sheila Kelly was talking about. She did need to hide. And even though I wanted to be a naughty, hot, submissive, even though I was like, fuck that shy, reluctant enigma. The body never lies. And my body had a story. My body wouldn't surrender to a paddle, but my body would surrender to a man who could protect me. That was something my friend Pamela Madsen taught me. Surrender wasn't about being right. It was about Letting go, letting go of the pain, letting go of who I thought it was supposed to be, who I thought he was supposed to be as a dominant. And so my body taught me something. It taught me that it's okay. It's okay to be in the healing. Instead of a naughty submissive or a bad submissive, I'm in a healing place. And today we're on day 27 of this journey. And this was part of my assignment. I had to get up on stage. <laughs> so I'm glad you all got to meet and witness the shy, reluctant enigma. Because she likes to hide, she's not going to tell you all of the story. She's going to be in a little mystery. But just ponder for a moment what your body really wants, how your body really wants to be and move and be loved and be touched 
And even though it's submissive or dominant, it doesn't have to look like our stereotypes. For me, sitting and being protected, crying with my collar on, is all I need. Thank you. tell you, I got a little bit of a secret thrill when I contacted her assistant to ask if she could tell a story on stage. And they said, I think her calendar is free and she can, but uh, she is doing 40 Days of Kink right now and we have to ask her master, so I will get back to you shortly. And I'm like, seriously, I fucking love my life. Really? see, body does not mean funny. Body means off-color, racy, but it doesn't necessarily have to mean funny. A lot of people think that to get up on the stage, they have to have a hilarious lube squirted across the room, and suddenly 15 of their friends walked in with their mothers. Yeah, you can tell that story here, but the stories are just real, you know, and I thought Jaya did a great job with her story. So I didn't intend it this way, but somehow we've gone San Francisco, L.A., and now we're coming back to San Francisco. I've imported another pervert from the Bay Area for y'all. He is a physics graduate student who moonlights as a queer porn performer. He is the founder of PSIgasm.net, which is those transducer stories. That's his territory. He and his brilliant partner, Miss Maggie Mayhem, Right? You can watch them fuck on meetthemayhems.com. I do all the time. And it's not awkward at all when I go, Ned, my boyfriend and I rub it out to y'all all the time. You guys are fantastic. So it's his first time on stage down here in Los Angeles. Please welcome one of my favorite performers, Ned Mayhem. Hello. So, you know, nowadays, as Dixie was saying, I do lots of crazy sex stuff all the time, and it's very, very, very public. I like to tell everybody about it. In fact, that's part of the business, you know, is telling everybody about it. I try to share as much as possible in these crazy porn sites and stuff. Um, and so, you know, this is a show about secrets, sex geek secrets. So I have to tell a story, I think, from back before I was so public about all my sex stuff. I mean, these days, you know, I feel like every, everything I do, I have to broadcast on the Internet as widely as I possibly can in order to get everybody, you know, to come looking at this crazy porn site we've started. Um, you know, I got the, like, for rent sign hanging on my asshole. I'm trying to get everybody to come shell out their wallets to see me, you know, doing my thing. So I'm trying to, like, get every little piece of my libido I can scrounge together and broadcast it to everybody who will listen. There's not a lot of secrets involved in my sex life these days. Um, but this story is from before that was true, before I was moonlighting as a porn star and I was just doing the physics thing. It was 
2008, and I was a little itty-bitty pervert, you know. Um, I was living in Europe off of a diet of mostly um, wine, baguettes, and Nutella, if I recall. Um, and outside of Geneva, I was living in rural France, working on this science experiment they have going out there. Um, it's called the Lar Large Hadron Collider. And it, it was a really amazing experience working there, except I just always had this desire to quit and start a gay bar across the street called the Large Hard-On Collider. But I didn't. I was shy then, and I didn't suck nearly so much dick as I do now, so it would have been a little less appropriate. But anyways, this experiment was really getting my, you know libido going for nerdy, nerdy topics, because this thing, if you haven't heard of the LHC, the Large Hadron Collider, it's 27 kilometers long underground tunnel, sunk, it's tilted at an angle so it can go under Lake Geneva on the other side and avoid the granite under the Jura Mountains on the other side. It accelerates these protons and antiprotons to like really close to the speed of light to 14 tera electron volts of energy, smashes them into each other and records every single particle coming out. And I would have to go down this huge tunnel underground, 200 meters underground, to like balance across superconducting magnets and install these laser sensors that all looked at each other and aligned to these muon chambers that were like a football field long to within four millionths of a meter accuracy. And to get in, they had a goddamn retinal scanner to get in there. It would literally look at my eyeballs going to work and go, beep, 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 Ned, identification approved and I would always get a little bit hard. If that was my life going that badly, if that's going on, if some little retinal scanner is going, identification approved, then you gotta be doing something right in life as a nerd, right? So I was starting to get invested in this identity of nerddom that they might actually be hot, because I was thrilled. I'm proud of this stuff, it's really cool. Um, but, you know, I'm still a huge geek at the time. Like, I still am, of course, and horribly awkward meeting people and such. So I'm at this party, and, you know, flirting and such as I can, meaning mostly standing with my back to the wall with hunched shoulders and such, because I'm a geek. Um, and, you know, there was another such person that I noticed across the room who was, you know, a very awkward, bookish woman, uh, about 28 years old, and had glasses on and, you know, hair all over her face a little bit and loose-fitting clothing, but I thought a really nice body also. And... I struck up a conversation. So we got to know each other a little bit in that horribly awkward sort of party way where you're really just talking to each other because neither of you has the confidence to talk to anyone else at the party. <laughs> but I got her number and we went out and it was a little bit awkward, but as soon as we got talking about books, we hit solid ground. She was an academic, she had been to orthodontic school and was you know, incredibly shy and awkward, but she would tell me like in perfect English, with barely an accent, like, I'm so sorry, it's hard for me to communicate as smoothly as I could in English because I'm brushing up on my French, Spanish, and German. <laughs> I was like, God, you Dutch, how? What? What's, uh, uh, this is not fair. <laughs> but anyway, she lent me these books, and she had read more than I had, and so we went back and forth on English literature, on physics. She was teaching me about dental research. We had this intense... She would get completely unawkward as soon as we were talking about literature. And it was through that 
that, you know, I was able to get a few more dates, and eventually we started sleeping together, which was really fun. But still, whenever we're not talking about literature, she's super shy, right? So I'm taking the lead a lot, and I'm liking it, but as mini-pervert, right? I'm mini-pervert now. Um, I want to know what she's really into, like the dirty secrets and stuff. So, um, you know, I, I'm getting her to open up with intellectual stuff, and eventually, over time, I wear her down, and she starts to, like, be a little bit more comfortable sharing something like this. You know, it was after talking through a really sexy Henry Miller passage. and <laughs> She's like, well, I did, I had this fantasy once. I was, I, it's a little weird, and, but uh, and I'm trying to get her to come out, and I have this weird impression, because I'm young, that people who are shy about talking about their sex fantasies mean they have kind of tame sex fantasies. But, so I'm expecting her to say, like, maybe we could use a vibrator during sex. And she's like, well, um, well, I saw this video, and maybe you could, like, tug on the chain on these nipple clamps I have and, and put this big three-inch dildo in me and then, then finger my ass and slap me in the face and call me a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that weird? I'm just like... Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not weird. Every, everybody wants to do that, yeah. I think, I just I hear that from all the girls, really. Yeah, let's, let's get to it. <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> so basically, from then on, we start fucking like crazy, you know, fueled by the passion of our literary shared experience. Um, and we get quite close and, you know, have sex over much of Geneva, as you do. Um, but I was only there for a year at CERN. I had to go back and start my physics grad school in Berkeley and, you know, become an epic pervert and such. Um, so eventually, after a few months of fucking like crazy, our time was coming to a close. And, you know, the day finally arrived when it was my last day in Geneva. And I went over to her apartment, and it was one of those student apartments because she was also finishing her degree in orthodontics. Um, and so we're having that kind of melancholy but awesome sex of knowing that, you know, you're going to have to say goodbye in a few hours. And I'm going down on her and using their favorite dildo, you know, like <laughs> jamming it right in there, trying to come the pain away and all that. And it's getting really hot, you know? The same way it's, like, depressing, it's also just, like, really, really raw and hot because you don't want to be able to think about anything else in that circumstance. So we're trying to get so into it, and then right when she's, like, building up towards orgasm, there's this... What's that smell? And I go... Something's burning, all right? And it's not something that's supposed to be burning. This isn't, like, a barbecue, like... Some, something's on fire. So we look at each other, and there's a real chance the building's on fire here, because I don't think an alarm would go off. And we're just, there would have to make a decision there. You have to... <laughs> One of those times in life that really tests your priorities. And I always thought that when it came down to it, I would put that kind of sex right up on top, but you know, I'd never been tested. And I'm glad I passed.
So after she came, we went to figure out what the smell was and looked out the window and there's a library across the street from her apartment that was completely up in flames. And so we sat there looking out the window at this library burning and the top story that had all the, you know, the, the fiction and all the linguist literature and stuff was just flames, you know, 30 feet high and the fire department came and we sat up late watching this fire because it was amazing. It was right across the street. Um, but, you know, we were literally, you know, all those books burning was what we bonded over, those same words. So we were inhaling the ashes of the foundation of our relationship over our last night together. And, you know, we stayed up late, like, bucking and bawling and <laughs> eventually dozed off woke up and they'd put it out and you could see like the skeleton of the building and the ashes and stuff and I drove her to the airport and dropped her off and you know it was a, kind of it stuck with me but that really set the stage to move to San Francisco and invent wireless anal transducers <laughs> Before I go, when I say invent, Ted mentioned my partner Maggie Mayhem, and she gets the credit for inventing that thing. I just put the wires together. Ned Mayhem! This is a song for the ladies. But fellas, listen closely. You don't always have to fuck her hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you gotta make some love. And fucking give her some smooches too. Sometimes you got to squeeze. Sometimes you got to say please. Sometimes you got to say, hey, I'm gonna fuck you softly. I'm gonna screw you gently. I'm gonna hum. What's your favorite position? 
That's cool with me, it's not my favorite, but I'll do it for you. What's your favorite dish? I'm not gonna cook it, but I'll order it from so much we have been windows to sky more body stories that has been a fantasy I have had for many many years and windows to sky just made it come true for me are you ready for more dirty stories One of my favorite men in the world is about to come to the stage next. He is a sex educator, a role model. I watched him teach a workshop last night called Negotiating Successful Threesomes. He had people coming out of the, uh, coming out of the seats pretending to do bizarre positions just to entertain people. Like These people were so shy and awkward in the beginning, and by the end of it, they're like, yeah, sure, you can pretend that you're sitting on my face while they're pounding my butthole, let's do that. (laughs) It was (laughs) so much fun to watch, and I learned a lot. So if you want to learn, come to this man's workshops. He performs for me at Body Storytelling all the time because his life is, it needs to be a book, but first it's going to be a story. Please welcome to the stage, Reed Mahalko! How do you tell a story that you can't remember? (laughs) Now, raise your hands if... First, everyone just take a deep breath. Let's go. (sighs) How many of you have ever drank too much alcohol and then you woke up the next morning and you had to remember where the fuck you were? Okay. How many of you have ever had a crush on somebody... And like you didn't, and they're kind of a public persona in, in a certain way, and you kind of didn't know how to tell them that you had a crush. How many of you have ever watched porn? All the rest of you are liars. Um, how many of you have ever watched porn and then got to meet these these porn people and been like, oh my god, like I totally watch you do stuff. Now, I'm, I'm a sex geek, clearly labeled. This is my way of flagging. 
So other sex geeks come up to me and they're like, you're a sex geek? I'm like, yes. And it breaks the ice because I was that fat seventh grader who wore suspenders and the Mork and Mindy buttons and all that. <clears throat> Got no play. But the geek shall inherit the earth. Which I think is was what it did say in the Bible, but they, somebody screwed it up and then they misread it and then they just kind of kept writing the same, you know, the meek and it was wrong. But... When Dixie said Sex Geek Secrets, I'm like, you know, I tell a lot of different stories up here, and I'm like, and I was like, what's the story I'm most ashamed of? (laughs) It will be the story. (laughs) So, as a sex educator, you know, I started getting to know my sex ed heroes, and, you know, the last story I told for Body was about Betty Dodson punching me in the asshole and go... You can, see, you can watch that on, on, on YouTube. Um, and just for, for those of you who are worried, Betty's still talking to me. It's all great. Um, so this story is the one that I'm most embarrassed about because I grew up in an alcoholic family. Um, woo! Yes! You know, which kind of made, you know, drinking alcohol kind of awkward growing up. And, and for a long time, like, I didn't drink alcohol. I was working in the bar industry. And then, you know, like two weeks before my 21st birthday, I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to be scared of alcohol because my, you know, one of my parents was, a, was an alcoholic. And so then I kind of like, I started, you know, my roommate back then was from Texas, and that was probably a bad idea. But basically, <laughs> Quag, if you're watching this, thank you, and fuck you. Um, and so then I was working in the bar industry when I started, you know, drinking. And so for years, I never even drank beer. Because it was just like alcohol was like, read, what are you drinking? Read drinks, yay! And so I kind of went through this phase of like trying to learn how to drink and what my limits were, which most people kind of start to get a hang of in high school apparently, but I was deep in, you know, 21, 22, and being like, well, that didn't work. You know, and like waking up, because I was an art major back then, waking up and the, tile, the tiles on the bathroom floor, you know, going off in perspective and me as an artist being like, Wow, perspective. That's amazing. Fast forward. I am now Reed Mahalko, the sex geek, the sex educator, and I have been invited to the Porn Awards in Vegas to teach a workshop on female pleasure to a, to a bunch of porn fans. And so I'm like, is anyone even going to show up? And it was amazing. I'm sitting there with, with a friend of mine, Sabrina Morgan, who's an amazing sex educator, and she's got this little vulva doll, you know, over her groin, and I'm talking about the clitoral legs and the clitoris, and, you know, everybody do the Spock Vulcan, you know. And this is the sex geek hand sign, and now you put it over the clitoral legs, don't go for the hole too soon, all this. And these porn fans are like, show me everything. So I'm feeling like I did a good job. I've changed some porn fans' lives. And later that night, I'm hanging out with some of my friends, because I'm a sex geek, who are the queer porn stars of this age. People like Tina Horn and um, Quinn Cassidy and um, Jesse Darling, James Darling, and Arabelle Raphael. And like we're drinking because they just won a bunch of awards. 
And so like now I'm like this geek from seventh grade, you know, who with the more community suspenders hanging out with all the queer porn stars. And I'm getting really nervous, like seventh grade nervous. And they're like, yeah, read, woo! And I'm like, yeah, awesome, drinks, shots, I'm nervous. And then they're like, let's go up to our suite. I'm like, okay. I'm like, is it okay that I come along? And they're like, you're coming with us no matter what. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And I kind of drank a little too much by then already. And I'm like, what's going to happen? All the queer porn stars and me in the elevator. (laughs) Hey, everybody, iPhone shot. You know. Oh. So then all of a sudden I'm back at the suite and it's like I'm getting a blowjob from, from Quinn Cassidy and I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And I'm really drunk. And I haven't had my safer sex conversation with any of you. And I'm like the safer sex guy. And all of a sudden they drag me into the bedroom and, it's, and this suite, by the way, was like the size of this whole bar, like this whole thing. And I'm like, they drag me into bed, and it's like all these queer porn stars, like eight or nine queer porn stars on one bed. And they're like, and it's almost like, it's like, like the, the arms are like, read. Come to us, read. And I'm like, I'm like, but I'm, 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 I, can we have a safer sex conversation? It's like, belt, but they're taking my clothes off. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> and if I had a time machine, if Ned Mayhem could make me a fucking time machine, I would have gone back in time, found my fat ass in seventh grade and been like, dude, it's me. I'm from the future. It's going to be fine. <laughs> And you keep rocking those suspenders, my friend. Because you have no idea what's about to happen. Flash forward. And I'm like, oh my God. And like Arabelle Raphael, who I have a huge crush on, is like right just sitting in front of me. She's got like no clothes on. Somebody's like eating her out. I'm getting a blowjob from somebody. And she just looks at me with her big eyelashes and they're like, flap. Flap. And I'm like, and this is literally, I looked at her, I'm like, I have a huge crush on you. And I'm really drunk. And she just grabs my head and just like, and I'm like, whoa. And then like people start pulling me onto the bed and there's like, you know, somebody's giving Mickey Maud a blowjob. And it's, I'm just like, I'm like in this sea of people. And I'm just like, this is amazing. And then I wake up. And I'm like, what the? No, I passed out at the queer orgy at the AVNs. No. And I have a hangover the size of Nebraska on my head. And so I kind of like, and there's Tina Horn, all beautiful, and like this, the morning sunlight's hitting her ass, and I'm like, wow, it really hurts in my head. And I'm like, I can't believe I fucking passed out at the orgy. What the hell? And I go to the bathroom, I'm peeing, and I'm, I can't find my glasses. And I look, and I'm looking at the mirror, and I'm like, 
what's, what is, and I find my glasses and I look in the mirror and they had written all over my body (laughs) and drawn penises everywhere. And I had to be like, I had to give an interview in like 20 minutes. And I'm like, fuck! And I wake up Tina, I'm like, Tina, where are my glasses? And she looks at me and I'm covered, like penises, I mean everywhere. Like neck tattoo penises, everything. And I'm like, I'm like, Tina, and she looks at me, she's like, she's like, party foul. You never want to pass out in a bed full of queer porn stars, my friend. Because that, that, all this, you totally deserve. Thank you so much. Read the Halco, y'all. You ready for your next storyteller? This woman is someone that I just met tonight for the first time. She was a personal pick by Sex Nerd Sandra. And Sex Nerd Sandra has great taste. We know that, don't we? She has been on the NBC Today show and the Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer. And that is kind of interesting. She is the author of the book Agora Fabulous about panic attacks and she's a comedian and she is adorable. She came up to me and went, you're from the South, I like you and I like her already so y'all need to like her too. Please welcome to the stage, Sarah Benincasa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, you people. And I mean that in a racist way. (laughs) I came in 45 minutes late uh, because I I, I got to see quite a few storytellers, which was great, but I was 45 minutes late. I had an appointment that I had to get to. I've never been to a show like this before. Do you know how fucking weird it is to go from couples therapy in Burbank (laughs) to this show here? It was difficult, first of all. There was construction. And also, you have to navigate... This place has two personalities. There's, like, this space, which has awesome, cool, weird stuff, and then there's a whole lot of douchebaggery happening out there. So I had to navigate through the douche to get here, and then I walk in, and and Jaya, is that her name, is uh, talking on stage, and she's, like, taking her clothes off, and I'm very confused, and I hear the name Jaya, and I think someone said Shia, and I'm like, Shia LaBeouf is here? And it's just very, it was a lot for me. So, um, all right, I've got a story for you, and I don't usually like poop. to be involved in my sexual arena. (laughs) 
There's no room for poop there. <laughs> pee doesn't bother me. Like, I've peed on a dude because he wanted me to pee on him, and it's like I had to fucking go anyway, so who cares? <laughs> but poo-poo is not part of my oeuvre. But that was before I lived in New Mexico. (laughs) Now, New Mexico is a very special place filled with warm, uh, deeply intelligent human beings. Everyone should live there, never. And I spent a year there uh, as part of the AmeriCorps program which is like the domestic Peace Corps. It's like the Peace Corps for pussies who are afraid of of getting malaria. Um, So that's what I did, and I was teaching teaching high school there. And, you know, I've always been fascinated by the occult, and if you're interested in the occult or in conspiracy theories or in anything weird, New Mexico is a great place to go because New Mexico is fucking crazy. And everyone in New Mexico has some story about being abducted by aliens or their friend was abducted by aliens or their brother's sister-in-law's nephew saw an alien once. And, like, really, they just all need to be medicated. But they think, they honestly think that the truth is out there and I want to believe, and it's a very Fox Mulder experience, except there's less teeth and more meth. So I, when I moved to New Mexico, I had a boyfriend, and um, I, uh, I liked him very much, and he, he liked me sort of. And then um, pretty soon he didn't like me anymore, and he told me on the telephone, and I said, oh, that's, that's upsetting, and I cried like you do, and uh, we, were, we were broken up. I'd been with the same person for about a year and a half, and we were broken up. And um, so I did what uh, any 23-year-old who's sort of into the occult and has weird new friends in New Mexico will do. I went into the desert, and I cut off all my hair, and I gave it as an offering. We were never specific on who I was offering it to. But I'm sure that it was received with pleasure. And so I had this really short haircut, which my dermatologist in New Mexico looked at me and said, I don't like it, it's too dikey. And there was that. I had about 20 extra pounds of burrito weight. I was looking good. And I obviously needed to have sexual relations. Because you need to have sexual relations after a breakup. Maybe right away, maybe a little bit before, uh, maybe... (laughs) Maybe several months after, you know, years after, whatever. At some point, you you gotta fuck again, right? That's very healing, it's important, it's it's a good thing, and it cleans out your insides, I think, and, you know... (laughs) That's if you're a squirter, and I am. So, um, 
So I met this guy, and he was so cute. He had short, curly hair, and he, he wore, like, some kind of beaded puka shell situation, which doesn't sound attractive, but on him it worked. And my friends scammed the local arts council into funding a roller disco party that they said was like some sort of tribute to the culture of the 1970s. And so we all got fucked up and had a roller disco party. And he was there and he played his guitar and he wore a dress and he sang Earth Angel. And afterwards I was like, wow, Tommy, that was really cool. And he said, I sang that for you, Sarah. And I was like, I have found the next person to occupy my vagina. So we get down to it. You know, we get down to it. And uh, we're in the midst of, of, of relations, of coitus. And I noticed something on that cool, funky puka shell necklace thing that he has. I noticed this, um, this purple crystal. And I'm looking at it, trying to think to myself, like, what, what is that? Is it amethyst? Or what? I mean, obviously the sex was great. I'm, like, trying to think of what kind of... <laughs> is it rose quartz? I don't know. Um, this is the best experience of my life. So we're having our mediocre sex. And afterwards, I say to him, what's that, that crystal? That's, that's really beautiful. And it's cool. And uh, I was really into the Dave Matthews band at the time, you guys. So just... I know, take it in. You liked me before. It's fine. This is a safe space. So I was like, sweet, I like your crystal. And he looks at me and he goes, very straight-faced, oh, well, that's from when the aliens took me. Now, I've heard a lot of things in bed, including teeth don't go there, Sarah. But this was a first. And I said, what do you mean from when the aliens took you? And he said, well, when I was a baby, the aliens took me. And I said, and they brought you back? (laughs) He said, yes. I said, how do you know? And he said, well, my mother told me. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, What did she tell you? And he said to me, "Uh, well, one day she was changing my diaper Once again, something I've never heard in bed before. (laughs) And she found this crystal in my poop. (laughs) And she realized that I had been taken by the aliens, probably probed, probably probed. (laughs) He's still leaving room that like, maybe some of the details of the story are a little sketchy. But the gist of it is true. And they returned me, and that's where the crystal came from. And I looked at him, and I said, ah. And then I had this moment, you know, this flash, because we folks who consider ourselves geeks, we like to think of ourselves as intellectuals, right? We're smart, and we're going to crack the case. We are Encyclopedia Brown and the case of the shitty, poopy crystal diaper. We're going to figure it out. And I was like, I am so smart. I'm going to figure this one out. And it came to me in a flash and I said to him, what, what is, what does your mom do? Like what kind of stuff does she have around the house? And she, he said, oh, she's a crystal healer and massage therapist. (laughs) 
So I said, Tommy. And he said, yes. And he sa I, I said, don't you think it's possible that maybe you were crawling around and you swallowed one of the crystals that your mom had in the house and, and that's where it came from? I don't know if you've ever told an actual child that Santa is a lie. <laughs> But the look of sorrow on his face was not unlike that of a Civil War widow weeping over the bones of her dead husband. I have never disillusioned a person whilst deflating a penis so quickly. And I still can't watch the movie The Dark Crystal without laughing. Thank you! at the break and I was talking to sex nerd Sandra and this woman was just standing next to us staring at the side of our heads while we talked and I looked at her and went are you okay and she's like she's just normally on the radio <laughs> and she's right here with me right now <laughs> which I thought was hilarious <laughs> So our final storyteller tonight, and y'all are, are getting ready to get excited. Hold on, hold on, hang on, hold on. She was really nervous about performing for y'all because this is a really poignant thing, a hundred, a hundred podcasts. That's a lot of fucking work. And she does an amazing job at what she does. You have heard her on Playboy Radio. You've heard her on Spice. She's even been on Keeping Up with the Cardassians. And every week, she releases a new podcast on Nerdist. Next week, y'all are going to be on it because she will be releasing this recording. I want y'all to get up out of your seat and please applaud for the amazing sex nerd, Sandra. Thank you very much for that. That's, that's the first time that's happened since like a tap recital, maybe in like third grade. So thank you for that. That was, wow. Um, before my time starts, I realize I have some very important things to say before the story happens, if you can handle that. Um, three things, real quick. One, I mean, this room, just FYI, this is a room that is a mixture of people from almost every facet of my life, from elementary school to all the strange journeys I've had through comedy and film production and, and straight in New Mexico. And like, oh, there's just, you're all, it's really interesting to like walk around and be like, oh, people that I, you knew me when. Anyway, when I wasn't talking about sex all the time. So three things. One, uh, 
Orpheus, a new friend of mine, is celebrating his birthday tonight. So thank you for coming out, Orpheus. <laughs> Second, um, my family, at first when I was starting to work at like adult stores and teaching classes, were like, okay, Sandra, just be careful, don't get shanked. Um, and... But they have supported me. Like, and you know how, I mean, families do not always support you. They just don't. Sometimes they don't get it. And not to say that my family has always gotten me, but hell yeah, they have supported me. So to represent my family tonight, my brother is here. So thank you for coming out tonight. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, along with a boy I used to babysit when I was a teenager. Elliot. Um, and third, I could not do this show and finish this night out until I recognized the fact that this room right now is filled with guests that I've had throughout the podcast. So if you've been a guest on my show and you're comfortable with standing up, please stand up and let's applaud you for your bravery and your sharing of your info. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, all right. So, I'm at a party that is surprisingly not a sex party. It's a 70s-themed party, which screams sex party, screams it. And everyone at that party I've seen naked before. But for some reason, this is not a sex party. And I'm going like, wow, this is... And I'm in like a onesie. It's kind of see-through, lots of beads. Like, we are really 70s-ing it up. And, you know, like any 70s party, I'm talking to my friend, Unicorn Girl. And some of the names are changed for this evening. And Unicorn Girl, just like any conversation, really, that you're going to have, is just like... Isn't it great, you know, poly relationships, how you can get, like, gang-banged by a bunch of guys and go home to your boyfriend, and, like, everything's fun, and then you, like, go to bed. And I'm just like, oh! Yeah, 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 that's, that's, yeah, that's, that defines polyamory right there. Um, but, and uh, I'm like, I've never actually been gang-banged, but that's cool for you. And she goes, oh! You have never been gangbanged? I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, oh. Surprise! Um, so she calls over Daisy Double D, who is also the hostess in a fabulous 70s garb, big hair. And, and she goes, Daisy, Sandra has never been gangbanged. And she's like, ah, ah, ah. And like now I'm being shamed by my girlfriends. Like, and so I'm like, cool. And she's like, and Unicorn Girl is just like, we need to do that. We need to do that. We need to gangbang Sandra. Gangbang Sandra. Like it's a dance now. They're like singing. They're like, oh my God. And like Daisy D. And then she calls over like, you know, Christiane. And she's like, yeah, we, we need to do this. And like everybody's really excited. And they go, ho, 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 hey, hey, ha, ha, ha. Ooh. Um, 
can we? And I'm thinking, like, I'm checking in, you know, like when you get more ninja with your communication skills, you can like check in real fast and be like, what is wrong with this? What is wrong with this? What is wrong with this? Beep, bop, boop, 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 boop. Um, can this be only women? Because I'm thinking like that is a lot of safe sex conversations and then it's a lot of boner to work with. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I'm ready for that right now. Like, I just, mm. Plus, then you can pick the size of your dildo. <laughs> just, you know? So I say, and I'm like, we could line up all the dildos on the fireplace mantle, right? And they're like, oh my God! And they're like, and I'm like, BYOP, ladies. Bring your own. So they freak out. Totally freak out. So I'm like winning the social game of like, okay, we're gonna do this. And then I'm like, I go home. I realize that this was a drunk conversation. Marijuana may have been involved. And I know nothing is going to happen. Nothing's gonna happen, it's fine, it's fine. So this is the first stage in my grief. So a week goes by, two weeks goes by, unicorn girl texts me. Like, hey, is this, this day work for you? I'm like, yeah, this day works for me. Wait a minute. Are we? Wait, wait, no. Whatever. We're just going, it's fine. Whatever. Then I get the Evite. <laughs> right? And I realize, like, all the names on it. I'm just like, oh no! <laughs> so then it's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Wait, I'm, fi I'm fine with this. I'm sex nerd Sandra. Uh, people teach me. They uh, teach me. <laughs> I mean, they do that too. It's fine. Um, like, they hire me to, like, go to their home clandestinely and teach them the ways of the sex ninja. You know, like, I, I am paid to do this. Like, I am a sex educator. I, whatever. You know, the things you tell yourself to, like, lie to yourself that you're cool. You know, like that stuff. Um, so I was like, I can do this. But then, like, wait a minute. This doesn't feel right unless I have men there suddenly. I'm like, I need men there. So like, I check in with like, my main guys, you know, the guys that like, I know are awesome. The ones that can just like, be the dildo handlers and just high five. You know, I need, wait, I need loot caddies. Like, so, so I, I talked to a few of my girlfriends who are gonna be there and like, they're like, no, this is, this is ladies' night. Like, if he gets to be here, and then right there, and he gets to be there, well, then my husband should get to go. And it became this sort of like, well, if he gets to, then I get to. And then I'm just like, oh, oh, shit. Like, this isn't about me now. This is about all of us. And, like, bargaining is not going to help me now. <laughs> and then I realize I am, like, there's... My line of defense was gonna be the men. They were going to protect me from these women. But now, they're not gonna be there. It's just me and them. And I'm scared. And then, and then I was mad. I was so mad. I was like, you know what? You're just ruining my night. It's all about you, what you need, your safety, your communication needs, your whatever. Like, I just got really mad and like pissy about it. Silly. Um, and then there was just depression. It was like, 
You're not going to like me anymore after this. You're going to find out how bad I am at the sex. And, like, and you're going to find out that I don't really, I'm not good at receiving. I, I give. I teach people how to do. I am a skill-focused sex nerd. Throughout the entire journey of being a sex educator, that is the nugget of what I have not yet succumbed to, which is being able to receive. It is the hardest. And I'm just like, you're all going to find out. Like, I'm dead inside. I'm dead inside. <laughs> so by the time I'm walking into the house, the beautiful house, looking over like the Hollywood Hills, and there is a fireplace, and it's beautiful, and I walk in, like, hey, guys, I'm here. I have reached acceptance. This is going to happen, and it's going to be fine. We are all going to get through this, and it's going to be just... <laughs> you know, um, Terrence, my friend's husband is the one male who's allowed at the very beginning and he is in a, an amazing outfit with garter belts. And he offers me, I'm like, looking good, Terrence, looking good. He offers me coconut water, whatever I would like. The snack table's glorious. And if you listen to the podcast, you know I love the snack table at sex parties. That is my favorite part. Everything is normal. Everything is so normal. It's so cool. And so I'm like eating my little, like the cheese plates really nice. I'm like, Wah. and then my friend circus girl goes, I cannot wait to fuck you. <laughs> and I realize all of these women at this party right now, they are my, I, they are my goddesses. They are the ones that I look up to at every party. Cause you know, I have my nerdy friends. I've got my sexy friends. And these are like the extra sexy friends, you know, like they can all fuck like a motherfucker. <laughs> And I'm just, and they've never realized till they all got together that they've never fucked me. I just sit in the corner and go, good job, good job, high five, yeah, nice, yeah. hugs. Yeah, they don't fuck me because I avoid the fucking, because I am scared of them. They are so good at the fucking. So, tonight's the night. So, here we go. It's circle time. Circle time is the time that hang out with the snacks turns into, oh shit, we're gonna fuck. <laughs> Circle time is the, the descent into the, the place where you don't wanna go. That is the reason why you don't go to sex party, because you're scared, you're going, you know, you just, because this is the moment. I've decided that I wanna do two rounds of the circle. I wanna do the, what we usually do is like, how you feeling? How you doing? How you feeling? How you doing? How you feeling? And then we just like start making out or something. Like some magic happens and I go to the, get the snacks. Um, but tonight was going to be like the safe sex talk too. Because I'm like, I need to talk to you about my nipples. Because I have some feelings around my nipples. And we all need to talk about that before you start playing with my nipples. <sighs> so. Also, I'm dying inside. Thank you. Because I had some interesting sex earlier that week and my period started earlier. So I'm now on my period and I had planned on being my period and I have a giant sea sponge shoved into my vagina to try and be cool. <laughs> so we go around the circle and I'm scared because they're all superheroes. Turns out half of the women are also on their periods. And two of them have just gone through a breakup and like one of them just starts bawling in the middle about her feelings about life. <laughs> and like suddenly I think, I think it's gonna be okay. Except P.S. by this time, we've also been passing other things and I'm really high. Oh. <laughs> this story's gonna go a little bit longer, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, so first go around, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, uh, we're, we're going to have sex. Like, I'm a little nervous. Like, you guys are all really hot tonight, you know? And, but every time they go around for the safe sex talk, they start talking about their dildos. How they, like, half of them have gotten new dildos, you know? Like, everybody's got their strap-ons, and I'm realizing that they've all been, like, purchased for my vagina. And it's just like, oh, my God! And, like, one's, like, a fantastic salmon color. Like, where do you even get that? Um, so, um, the circle dissolves, and now they know that, okay, be careful with the nipples, and don't smack my upper thighs, because if you do, I will cry in pain. Like, there's just a weird, like, nerve thing. I'm just like, <laughs> but other than that, like, play with my butt. Play with my butt. I like my butt. I like my butt. It's fine. But I'm, like, so they, they kind of, and it's a white sheepskin rug, and I'm on my period, and I'm like, fuck, fuck that. Um... <laughs> Mama Mojo starts cradling my head. I start being brought down. All the really high girls surround me, and they start just rubbing my body. Everyone's got, like, somebody's got a leg, somebody's got a leg, you know, circus girls over on my arm, you know, like, everybody's got something. And I realize that they're all really high, and they're just, like, touching me and touching me. But it's, like, not as sensual as you'd imagine because everyone's high, so they think it feels really good, but it actually doesn't. They're just, like... <laughs> no! <laughs> like... And... But I don't want to say anything because they are obviously, like, you know, they're awesome. And, like, I'm also, like, clearly, like, not okay. Like, I'm the one that's freaking out. And a million years goes by, and I just say, like, you know, if anybody wants to get in the center, like, it's cool, cool. You know, like, if, if, if I'm boring you, like, it's fine. It's cool. I mean, and Mama Mojo is just like, Sandra, shut up. We're fine. Shut up. And I go, thank you, Mama Mojo. So they're touching me, they're touching me, they're touching me. And like, I feel myself sort of getting wet, but also just like terrified, you know? And luckily there's like a whole row of lube. And um, first up is a circus girl. And I have seen her fuck other people. And I'm just like, you're so good with a strap on, you're the best with the strap on. She's like, you know, wow. And she lubes up and everybody like gets out of her way and everyone's still like, somebody's got a breast and other people's got a breast. And I'm just like lying there and she starts going at it and she like, you know, does it like circle? You know, it's like, oh, I will now prepare you for entry. Boom, you know, and she's in. I'm like, oh! And I'm lying there, and I'm just getting, like, I'm just getting railed by this girl who, like, really is in shape. You know, that's why she's circus girl. Like, she can, like, she's Spider-Man. And I'm like, I'm taking it. I'm like, okay, cool, okay. I kind of like this. It feels good, it feels good. So this is your technique. Oh, and I start getting geeky. I'm like, oh, so you do, like, a, a swirl hip thing, swirl hip thing, swirl hip thing. I like that, I like that, and, you know? And then I'm like... I don't really, hey guys, I kind of need, I don't know what I need. I don't, I, mm. and they're like, we know what you need. And they put a like, yoga bolster under my hips. Yeah, you cheer. But guess what? My clit was like 12 miles away from her then. And I was getting no clit stimulation. And so it was even like more difficult. But I'm not going to say anything because these women are rock stars, right? And I'm just going to take it like a man. <laughs> with a, with a vagina, with a vagina. So anyway, so I'm taking it like I do, did, and um, we had already planned out the switch. Like, you know, I would just yell switch, and then, like, we'd do something different. I was like, switch, and maybe it'll get better, right? So they flip me over. Suddenly, it's doggy style. Now Mama Mojo's badge is just in my face, and I'm just, like, sort of my head is, like, shoving into her. And it turns out I had a clip right here, and I was causing her pain the entire time, but she was too polite to say anything. 
And I was too polite to say anything about the fact that this position was not working for me at all because then Mariah gets, and she's like, she's the boss of all the people in the world who do strap-on sex. Like, watching her is like watching a miracle happen. <laughs> and, and I've watched the miracle, so I was like, I'm getting the miracle! And the miracle is pounding me just doggy style on this bolster and I can do nothing but just like press painfully into Mama Mojo's like vag and then you know everyone's rubbing me like they're stoned and I'm just like ha 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 and like I just give in like I just let it like, ha, ha. I'm making the sounds where you think it feels good but I'm really like what is happening to me who am I <laughs> and that goes on for a while and I go wait a minute I am not enjoying this at all this is not working for me and I go fuck but I'm doing what I wanted to do. I was receiving, I was receiving, I was receiving, I'm doing it. I go like, we need to change the game here, goddammit. I go, all right, switch. I need to be on top of somebody. And I just like, fuck this. So then Daisy Double D, who it's her first time with a dildo, the echo just for me. <laughs> I get on her, I'm like, oh shit, this feels way better. I'm speaking up. I'm speaking up for my needs. I never see anyone at sex parties speaking up for their needs, and they just moan a lot and look really good, but, but damn it, I need to speak up for my freaking needs. And so then I'm, like, writing her, and then, like, the girls, and they've got, like, you know, Mariah on this nipple, doing it just like I like it. And then, like, Christiane, right, is over here. And then, like, oh, yeah, it feels really good. Oh, shit, it's not feeling good enough, though, because I'm still dead inside. And so I'm, like, I'm, like, I need... I need, I need, they're like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? I'm like, I need, I need that pink vibrator over in the corner. Because I'm also kind of pre-verbal at this point because I'm so turned on but also scared and stuff. So then Nipple Wright just starts running for it. She grabs it. She gives it. And I'm like, oh, oh. And then all of a sudden, like, everything's aligned. I'm like, oh, my God, Nipple Right, Nipple Left. Clit vibration. Oh, I'm on top. Oh, my God. I really, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And all of a sudden... Circus girl comes from around, sporting the Vickskin Johnny, which is like, it's a good-looking cock right there. <laughs> and she straddles Double D, and she's drinking a, like a can of coconut juice. <laughs> and she's like, it's the vision. And she like takes her cock, and she just sticks it right in my mouth. And I start coming so hard that Terrence, the husband in the garters, who's upstairs hiding in the attic so that he can be respectful of the goddesses at play, can hear me screaming. Like, it was like, yes! Good moment, good moment. So, we're in the hot tub after. Like... The gangbang feels pretty complete. And I'm feeling really insecure about what just happened. And like all nine of us can fit in this amazing hot tub. And one of the women says to me like, Sandra, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And I go, oh shit. You guys are thanking me for this? And they're all like nodding. Like, you know, really high, but still like nodding, you know? (laughs) I go, fuck, man. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't about receiving. It was like, it was about taking. And I fucking took it like a fucking champ.
thank you all for coming out. We're monthly here in LA. We'll be back July 14th. Our next theme is Catalyst. Please come congratulate sex nerd Sandra on her 100th podcast. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>